People care about their car buying journey. Provide your customers with an unparalleled chat and digital retailing experience with Goobagoo. Whether your customers are online or in-store, Goobagoo is there. See the magic at Goobagoo.com. That's G-U-B-A-G-O-O.com. Welcome to Daily Drive. For Monday, January 2nd, 2023, I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News. Kellen is out today. CES may not be a traditional auto show, but there's plenty in store for the industry this week in Las Vegas. There's no question that whether you love it or hate it, you have to be there. We're previewing CES with Pete Bigelow, Director of Innovation and Tech Coverage at Automotive News. Pete Bigelow, welcome back to Daily Drive. Thanks, Jamie. Great to be here today. So we're kicking off the new year. We're about to take off for Las Vegas for CES. You know, CES isn't technically an auto show or a mobility show, but transportation technologies really do make up a significant portion of the, the happenings. Is it, did you report, I think it was it's about 20% of the floor space this year? Yeah. If you want the statistics, it's exactly 20% the floor space. And uh, obviously a lot of big vehicle reveals going on there. When I talked to uh, Gary Shapiro from the Consumer Technology Association, which runs CES, uh, last week, he told me it's an auto show, but not just an auto show. So uh, <laughs> I guess that makes a lot of sense in that 20% context there. You know, when I, I've written about it some, you know, that my my concern with the loss, the decline, the demise of the traditional international auto show, like we used to have in Detroit and Frankfurt and other, you know, world cities like that. And I feel like CES, at least in the sense of a place where the whole industry gathers or, you know, people from North America, Europe and Asia, you know, all come together, big, you know, high flyers with big news. And it's really the the major, the dominant international auto show these days. It is. I think there's no question that whether you love it or hate it, you have to be there. Uh, and I think it's a important place where where business, uh, you know, takes place, uh, fundraising occurs, uh, all, all the things that are central to making the mobility industry go right now and seeing the latest transportation technology are, are all happening in Vegas. It's the one-stop shopping uh, place to be. What's our sense of what the turnout's going to be like? What's the, what's the attendance expected to be like? That's a good question because I feel like, to your point, that auto shows have declined here in 2022. This is really the first big CES post-pandemic, if we can if we can use the phrase post-pandemic. <laughs> Maybe a little um, soon for that, but at least right. post, uh, a lot less limited. Our, obviously, our, our mobility and um, ability to gather is so much less limited than it was, especially a year ago, but even six months ago or eight months ago. Totally. So it does feel like, to your point, yeah, this this is the first real big in-person show in in a few years. Uh, and so I'm curious to see, is it an auto show problem specifically where we saw kind of the declines we saw uh, this past fall in Detroit and uh, Los Angeles? Or, or is this an in-person show problem that we'll see at CES? Uh, so to, that's a long preamble to answering your question. About 100,000 people expected okay. for CES in Vegas. That's that's probably about 60% of a peak CES show, which I think typically tops out at like 185. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, we are at different stages of the pandemic in different parts of the globe. And obviously, we've just seen a huge policy change in China. Uh, we're seeing, you know... A, the, what are the, the triple-demic right now <laughs> across uh, so much of the West. 
Um, so maybe we won't have a totally clean read on the, you know, in-person event situation, but still uh, an important test. It is. And I think with China specifically, uh, numbers were already expected to be significantly down at CES. It typically, uh, the Asian markets have made up as much as a third overall of CES attendees. And I think that's probably where you see some of that drop off. And that was expected even before the the big uh, COVID outbreaks that we're seeing in China right now. So let's dig in on the auto industry. Huge show for EVs. A lot of European companies really showing up big in, in Las Vegas this year. Yeah, it's a, it's a great European auto show in, <laughs> in Las Vegas, I think. Uh, you know, you have reveals and, and developments from BMW, Stellantis, Volkswagen. Those are some of the big automotive highlights. Uh, and I think it's going to be a great place to see, perhaps more so than other CESs of the past. Like We're seeing things that are happening in the next few years. Like These mm-hmm. are production plans, not not wild concepts or, or things that might be 20 years out. So on the automotive front, I feel like this is this is some real near-term product. Yeah, yeah. Technically, they're concepts, and they will be a bit futuristic. But, you know, this is really the debut for the BMW's new class platform, uh, which is going to be huge for them as they try to, uh, you know, really broaden out their EVs and have a, have a platform, you know, to try to spread out the costs, right? It's just so expensive. Yes. So... Uh, that's been important for them. But really, I mean, I think the big talk in the United States is going to be about the Ram revolution concept, uh, the EV pickup and how that part of the market is developing. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, obviously pickups are central to auto sales. And this is, again, an example of, I think, where this is a really tangible show in terms of of near-term product. And I, the Ram will certainly be the I don't want to say showstopper, but I think the most interesting aspect of of what comes from the typical vehicle unveilings portions of the show, unless maybe what we see from Sony and Honda is mm. uh, is also more near term too. Like that's another interesting aspect here. We've seen Sony at CES in the past. Now it's uh, Sony working with Honda on on this uh, vehicle that they're going to unveil. You know, uh, back to the pickups. I mean, there is a bit of urgency. Ram is really the last to the party on pickups, at least, you know, among the Detroit three, uh, you know, GM has the Hummer out. They've got the Silverado on the way and the Sierra Ford has the F-150 lightning and they're working on their own platform based pickup because, uh, you know, GM has really tried to not just uh, retrofit, uh, the current trucks, but create something new with that, uh, unifying platform, their Ultium platform. Uh, so it's a little bit of a, a back and forth, different strategy there. Stellantis and Ram is, you know, trying to gain a late mover advantage to see where the others are and where the market is. I mean, what we've seen so far really indicates a lot of demand, uh, both from work customers as well as, you know, casual drivers. It does. And that the flip side, Jamie, in the CS context here is that it's a quiet show for the likes of Ford, General Motors, Toyota's typically made big splashes there. So, I mean, on one hand, we're talking about Stellantis with, with the Ram making a big splash, but it, it's interesting to me to note who's not there this year as well. Yes, indeed. And so then, uh, you, and we touched on it earlier, we, we've seen a couple of Sony concepts in the past uh, when it was still kind of looking for a partner or maybe looking for a partner. We thought they were looking for a partner. Uh, then they, they married up with Honda 
could be a really interesting development, especially if they bring out a full concept car and put some timing around it. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the devil in those details right there is what exactly are they going to show and when do they expect it to, to arrive? And if you think about what Sony has been working on and the, the delays that we see in the semi-secretive Apple car, um, you know, ongoing storyline, like is Sony going to beat Apple to the punch here by 2026 or something like that? Like that's a a question we might get uh, some firmer answers on out of the show. Coming up, more of my conversation with our own Pete Bigelow, previewing CES this week in Las Vegas. We'll talk about what we're expecting to see from suppliers, as well as the Indy Autonomous Challenge self-driving race. That's next on Daily Drive. People care about their car buying experience, and so do we. Provide your customers with an unparalleled chat and digital retailing experience with Goobagoo. Goobagoo is the leader in conversational commerce for the automotive industry. Our fully managed live messaging services instantly connect consumers to dealers anytime and anywhere through live chat, text, video, and more. Integrated with our fully managed chat, Goobagoo's virtual retailing platform enables consumers to buy cars online directly from the dealership's website through multiple channels. We are constantly improving the retailing experience and currently have over 100 integrations with CRMs, DMSs, and third-party applications. Goobagoo transforms the traditional car buying process into a modern, transparent, and seamless experience. Available 24-7, 365, our highly trained chat specialists are there to help. See it for yourself at goobagoo.com. That's G-U-B-A-G-O-O dot com. Slate Money is a weekly roundup of the most important stories from the world of business and finance. Hosted by Felix Salmon, Elizabeth Spires, and me, Emily Peck. Confused by crypto? Can't keep up with the metaverse? Wondering why the price of just about everything keeps rising? The Slate Money podcast is here for you. Listen to Slate Money every Saturday morning, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters. We're listening to my conversation with Pete Bigelow, Director of Innovation and Tech Coverage at Automotive News and host of Shift, a podcast about mobility. We're previewing CES, which kicks off tomorrow in Las Vegas. Here's more of our conversation. Let's pivot a little to talk about the suppliers, because unlike, you know, auto shows, traditional auto shows, there are a lot of suppliers actively involved in this show. It's a really big deal for them. What are you expecting to see from suppliers? Uh, Cool screens, cool lighting, other innovations around electrification? Yeah, I think, you know, to your point, first and foremost, like this is the the show for suppliers to shine much more than a traditional auto show, which is one of the best parts about CES, uh, in my opinion, at least. But I I definitely expect to see some, some advances on the let's call it the automated driving front, heavy emphasis on driver assist system technology, be that sensors or, 
or kind of the full stack solution with new capabilities of, of lane changing, things like that. Uh, I think we'll see a lot of that unveiled. Uh, seeing a lot of vehicle interior designs, concepts. I think it's not just those screens that you mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, although that's a, a big part of it. Uh, a lot of news around occupant monitoring systems, driver monitoring systems. So I think that's where we'll see a good bit of of tech coming out of this show. It's funny, you know, I, I chuckle a little when you say, you know, you like that it, there's such a big supplier presence. You know, supplier news doesn't always get the same attention uh, from journalists and from audience, from readers and, and viewers. But as we know, it's where innovation starts 80% of the time. And so this is really the place to see into the future and see where the industry is going or where it might go. Pretty exciting show uh, from that perspective. When I think about those tech suppliers, what are they hoping to accomplish at CES? Is it just about getting publicity? It's definitely about that. But obviously, there's you really have to have something special to rise above the noise uh, of the, I don't know how many thousand companies are there overall, but I think uh, I think there's about 300 companies in the mobility slash transportation tech realm. So, you know, if you want, if you want that publicity, you better be in the top five. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think back to what we talked about earlier a little bit, it's about, it's about sales, it's about meetings, it's about fundraising for some of the startups that are there who are meeting some of their VCs. Uh, it's about all those things. So I think it, it's about benchmarking the competition because there are, everybody's there as we've, as we've seen in the LIDAR space, for example, before where there's 60 plus <laughs> LIDAR providers there in the past. And, and now that number's uh, you know, consolidating a bit. So I think it's about, about benchmarking the competition as well. Well, and our newest auto tech reporter, Karn Dingra, just had a story about uh, that LIDAR uh, market and how it's uh, shaping up. There has been a, a bit of a fallout from those days of uh, dozens and dozens of LIDAR startups trying to prove their viability. Yeah, I think, you know, the deal hasn't closed yet, but the Ouster-Velodyne uh, merger probably speaks to the the nature of where the industry has been going and, and continues to go entering 2023. And Karn's story points to like a really interesting trend that LiDAR is getting integrated into traditional automobiles, uh, particularly for driver assist uh, applications. And uh, Septon is showing a F-150 at CES that has LiDAR integrated into the headlamp. And earlier this year, we saw Luminar integrating its LiDAR into the roofline of the Volvo EX90. So we're we're seeing LiDAR become part of the traditional automobile, not, not necessarily seeing volume at the level four autonomous driving concepts. Septon is displaying in a Ford F-150. I thought their supply contract was with uh, General Motors. Uh, that is an interesting one. We need some answers from Septon on that. Uh, but yes, they, they do have a contract with General Motors and yes, they're displaying in an F-150. So there's more more to be told to the Septon story right there, but that's that's pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. Some interesting dynamics for sure. Okay. I can't let you go, Pete, without taking a minute uh, to talk about the Indie Autonomous Challenge. Help our audience. What, what exactly is that and how do you expect it to evolve this year? In the Autonomous Challenge is uh, essentially an autonomous race. Uh, hmm. It is head-to-head competitions between two cars on the track at a given time, and they take uh, the best of the winners and losers, uh, move forward in a sort of NCAA-type bracket uh, challenge. 
what we're going to see this year at CES as opposed to previous years is some more sophistication in how the cars are racing. I think last year they were not allowed to pass each other or they had to stay in their race mm. lines. Uh, this year, there's going to be a little bit more freedom for some you know, defensive capabilities, passing capabilities, maybe some more of what you might want to see in a traditional race as opposed to cars going around the racetrack. So it should be an interesting event uh, that's Saturday and it kind of uh, puts an exclamation point on the CES week. So even though it's it's Indy, it's not a not yet a field of 33 like the Indy 500, uh, but they're getting another step closer with having at least head-to-head uh, real races between the cars. They are, yeah. And there's nine total cars that are eligible to compete. They have to pass a sort of safety checks before they're allowed to compete. Uh, so it, it is generally a small field, but but still should be more interesting than it has been in the past. Yeah, it sounds sounds exciting. Can't wait to to read your report about it. Pete Bigelow leads our team covering automotive technology and innovation, and uh, he's about to head out to CES, and so am I. Pete, thanks so much for being here today. Thanks for having me, Jamie. I'll see you in Las Vegas. Also, make sure to check out Pete's conversation on Shift, a podcast about mobility, with University of Virginia Professor Madhur Bahel, who's leading the Cavalier Autonomous Racing Team, which is competing in this week's Indy Autonomous Challenge. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. Thanks to Automotive News Coordinating Producer Jake Neer for his help on today's podcast. You can get the latest news on CES, innovation and technology, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Come back tomorrow for our coverage of CES in Las Vegas. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.